Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Sophia Cottle, and welcome to another episode of Sex in the Bull City. I'm so excited to have this podcast started again, um, hopefully after the worst that COVID has to, to give us here in the States. Um, but I sort of got a little bit sidetracked during COVID and didn't do that many podcasts. And I'm just excited to, to be back sharing our, our work with you and just the different things that we focus in. So thanks so much for tuning in. We're so happy to have you here. And I'm excited. I'm thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to have another podcast partner here at The Practice. Emily Morris has recently started working with us here at Bull City Psychotherapy. And she is an excellent young therapist and is going to go places and just really, she's a, a wonderful joy to work with. So I, I encourage anyone here that's in North Carolina to get in touch with us, to get in touch with Emily. She has a lot to off- offer. She specializes in couples, but also is really excellent with individuals and anything that, that people might need help with and want to work on. But we have a really cool, fun podcast that we're going to give y'all today. And we're both like, like, beaming excited to do this today it's okay Emily to laugh yeah we're gonna have a good time today normally we're I'm a little bit serious here in our podcast and and we're still gonna be serious but today we're gonna talk about the new show that's called and just like that which is sort of the offshoot of sex in the city obviously a favorite of mine because I I borrowed their title for our podcast, Sex in the Bull City, <laughs> and I was like thrilled at the end of the last season when Carrie at the end said, and thanks for tuning in to Sex in the, in the City, and I was like, oh, that's so cool that yes. she has her like podcast. That's great, because um, she's so great at that, or at least her character is. So we're going to actually talk about the first season of And Just Like That, and there's a whole lot that Emily and I have been have been talking about that we'll see whatever we get to. Um, today maybe we'll even do another one but there's so much in this first season that we specialize here in Bull City about one being grief also intimacy and relationships and and different kinds of relationships so non-traditional relationships and as well as substance use so these are all things that that we really focus on here with ourselves and with our clients and and we really like to work with people to help people learn how to connect deeply with themselves and with each other. So we're just going to see what comes up up for us today. We've got a bunch of things we could get into, but Emily, I just really, I want to thank you for being here and I'm just thrilled that you're here. Oh my gosh. I am so excited. I, I know when uh, I first interviewed, one of the things that we had talked about was doing some podcasts together and I remember saying to you that if you put a microphone in front of my face, I'm good to go. So I'm just really excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah, ah. I'm so happy. I remember you saying that and I was like, yay, I have a podcast partner again. Yes, yes, so yes. it's been a long time for me and um, I have a hard time. Like, I don't want to sit and like have a conversation with myself. And that's yeah. also partly why I wasn't doing podcasts as much yeah. during the pandemic. But this is exciting. Yeah, yeah. So this is great. I'm just thrilled that you're here and I'm glad you're a talker like yeah. I oh my gosh yeah yeah I think anybody that knows me in my life would tell you I'm not <laughs> not one to stay quiet for very long well so. I'm gonna let you start us off then so yeah. you you reeled off a bunch of things before we got started that you thought were were really interesting yeah. about this season of and just like that and I just wanted to hear from you what do you what do you want to get into first I think the most obvious starting place for us is really 
because you've done so much work with uh, with grief and you know the big theme of this this whole series this season is Carrie moving through her her grief in such a such an interesting way that really doesn't get a whole lot of attention I think you know we were taught in school like these are the stages and they're fluid and people you know all experience them differently but it's it's different when you're actually watching someone move through that and she really Carrie really kind of goes up and down and around with trying to trying to move through life without big and um there's a line where she she walks into her apartment um after a realtor has come in and staged it to sell uh, the apartment she was living out with big and she's she says our life is just gone mm-hmm. and that that really stood out to me as as being true when you lose someone either to death or to addiction or to incarceration or breakup anything like that can can I think leave people with that feeling of just my life is just gone or this person I shared a life with is gone and I I don't know where to go from here so to watch her try to navigate that um, to me was was really interesting yeah I'm glad we started with that and you know start with the heavy stuff maybe get to things that are a little bit lighter. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I, I could talk about grief forever. And, right. you know, while I don't specialize in the type of grief that's death and dying, mm-hmm. um, I do specialize in ambiguous grief and original grief. But mm-hmm. but there was a ton of ambiguous grief and her original grief getting tapped in, into, oh, yeah. for sure, with yeah. the death of Big. I mean, for this show, first of all, I mean, wow, how unfair for, for Big Ugh. to die when their life was just it was just so connected and, Mm -hmm. you know, they had finally gotten to the place where both of them were feeling connected and healthy and safely Mm -hmm. attached to each other, you know, while still living their own individual life and not getting sucked into an enmeshed, an enmeshed relationship. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I I mean, then yeah. Yeah. And for those of us who watch sex in the city, I mean, Carrie did a lot of, you know, trial and error personal work to mm-hmm. get to a place that is where, a very mild oh, way wow. to put yeah. that. And and really all all the four women really yeah. did. They just really transformed just throughout the show. It's just way. very yeah. just beautiful. And so I mean, for them to have their journey together cut short, that oh. was just that was horrendous. Just heartbreaking. Yeah. And and I I love how um, the writers of this show. I mean, I don't. I honestly, I don't know if the same writers are present for this show yeah, as the I last one. That. Yeah, I don't know, but but I I love how that that you know the writers for the old show and for this one that they show like the good, the bad, and the ugly, mm-hmm. and because grief is is very it's it's like in the body, it's in the chest, it's guttural, it can be very ugly. It's it's the big ugly cries, mm-hmm. you know. It's it's the the really painful suffering, um, and and I really appreciate how there's all different parts of of Carrie's um, whole self that were put into her moving through the grief. Because to be honest with you, the stages of grief um, were really actually observed with people who were dying in the hospital. So those are not stages that are research based Mm -hmm. for people who are experiencing grief. So we can kind of like put those off to the side and really open up that however someone moves through grief is 
I mean, as long as they're not hurting someone else or themselves, like is a hundred percent right and okay for them, whatever that is. And I love how the writers really opened that up for what would fit in, in Carrie's personhood, like who Mm -hmm. she is. Yeah. Yeah. It it was interesting as well. When you lay it out like that, it, it kind of sparked this idea in my head, hearing you talk about like Carrie and big going through all these trials and tribulations to finally get to this place where they're, really a functioning couple finally yeah. after all this time and then that's cut short and then at the same time kind of parallel to Carrie's experience you see Miranda and Steve kind of going through a similar thing when when Miranda is talking to Steve about wanting to get a divorce and he is expressing we spent all these years I'm never good enough and then I'm kind of good enough and then I'm not good enough and we've finally gotten into this routine of living an adult life and it's it's not enough for you and so it was really interesting you know looking back to see these kind of like parallel paths where Miranda is not um it's just not what she wants in her life and and it's so sad to see that in in contrast to Carrie finally getting that and not being able to keep it. It, it oh boy I'm so glad you brought that up um it was so I think wonderful the way that they showed the stark difference between the two couples, mm-hmm. you know, Carrie and big cooking dinner together, listening to albums. Like, yeah. oh, I, I love to even like have albums. It's so mm-hmm. great. <laughs> and um, that was very cool. Yeah. And then to see Miranda and Steve, the complete disconnect. Oh yeah. That they're they shared. They were they're like roommates. They're, they're not, even, not even roommates. Yeah. yeah. And, and just really not even, you know, just real disconnect with their son also, mm-hmm. which is very sad to yeah. see. Um, yeah. But still, you know, I get it. It makes sense. I'm a mom. I, I experience disconnect as well um, at times. And that's just, you know, the real part of, of living and, and being human. But, yeah, yeah, it was that was sad. So was. we miss you big. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, you were such yeah. a great character. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that this show is going to, you know, bring incredible, you know, just wonderfully fun and transformational journey work for these women to do still. But he was still, he was pretty, pretty damn good character. So I'm sad that he's gone. I know. Once he got his act together, he really, he really became pretty endearing. Yeah. But he was good as a bad boy also. Yeah, I know. Because most of us like those bad boys a little bit too much. Um, Yeah. So, okay, cool. So, yeah, the the whole grief business. And, you know, it was nice to see the support that Carrie got. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, even from Samantha, who's not in their everyday lives anymore. That's that's another, that's the, the big ambiguous grief of the show, yeah. of the loss of those relationships when everyone is still living. Yes, and exactly. And that is really sad. Um, you know, obviously, I think in real life, we understand that, there's some kind of issue there and, and she wasn't mm-hmm. going to be involved in the show. And that really stinks. Yeah. Um, I think, but I, I think they're going to have to do some more with, with that. And mm-hmm. as far as content and explanation, because um, yes, that does happen that people just in, entirely detach and, and cut people off from their lives. But um, number one, that's not, that's not an okay thing to do. Right. And um, it, and I'm hoping that there can be some kind of, um, 
some kind of process that this unfolds and that we learn more and that we see how different kinds of healing need to happen Mm -hmm. in this area. Maybe having all three women who are still currently in the show, Carrie, Miranda, and Charlotte, kind of move through that differently would be really cool. But anyway, I'm hoping that that's going to be, that's going to really be explored. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, at the very, very tail end of the very last episode, you kind of see Carrie and um, yeah. and uh, Samantha have this text exchange of, oh, I'm in Paris, let's meet up. And then, you know, the show only has so many minutes yeah. that they can show us, so we didn't get to see what that looked like. And wasn't for, she like maybe tomorrow or something? Yeah, how does yeah. tomorrow work or yeah. something like that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what the – you might know. I, I'm not sure if they're planning to do any more seasons, but it'll be interesting to see if Oh, my if gosh, that... if they don't. There, there <laughs> be, be like very a major sad. riot coming from Durham, yeah, North Carolina. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah, me and you leading the yeah, charge. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I would be shocked if they're not going to do more seasons because yeah. that, that's, that's just an incredibly strong – you know, cast, mm-hmm. I mean, just the the history, the reputation, I'm sure the writers, I mean, it's just, it's too strong yeah. to not keep going, but, um, um, you know, you mentioned Charlotte a second ago, and we haven't really talked about her, but in terms of Charlotte, and I think what, what could possibly be classified as, as ambiguous grief is watching her and Harry really process the, the experience of their daughter or their their child um, who is questioning their own gender identity and whether they want to be labeled at all. And um, there was a line that Harry said whenever they go in to meet with the school and the school is explaining, like, we really let, we follow the lead of the child on this. Mm-hmm. What they tell us is what we're going to go with. And when they walk out of that meeting, Harry says something like, the most humbling experience of my life has been someone else talking to me about my child. Mm. And kind of losing, you, you see that, that certainty that they know their child as well that they think, as well as they think that they do, really kind of drain from them in that moment. And so to see Charlotte go through the process of trying to come to terms with you know, well, every time I open my mouth, I just want to say Rose. And the the child doesn't want to be called Rose anymore. They want to be called Rock. And and watching her navigate that was really interesting. I mean, I think it was a, a really, a very deeply human portrayal of what people go through when someone in their life comes out as gender queer, gender fluid, or um, trans. You know, just this this real feeling of loss that people can have in the midst of trying to be supportive. You know, certainly Charlotte's not trying to be hurtful, but just really doesn't know how to navigate. I thought you were one person and I had all of these expectations and this vision of what your life was going to be and what my life in conjunction to your life is going to be. And that her, her processing of that to me was, um, it was great. I thought that they didn't, they, they showed it, in a very true to life way in that at first she really didn't know what she was doing. Yeah. And then throughout the season, she kind of becomes more comfortable and really learns how to connect more deeply. I think with her child in the way that the child wants to be connected with. And we see that when, um, when they're at the, the they mitzvah, um, and 
and rock will not rock refuses to get up and um do the Torah reading. So Charlotte just gets up and does it herself. She's not going to waste a good party. <laughs> that uh, was she's so not going to waste a good party. Oh yeah. That was just so classic <laughs> Charlotte. And oh, that was yeah. just so, that was so beautiful. It was really, that was just really well done. And, mm-hmm. you know, probably, unfortunately we know that most parents and caregivers and families can't be that supportive yeah. early on. And yeah. that's what's sad. Um, there's a lot of shame and rejection and just a, a lot of anger and hate that, mm-hmm. and blame that gets projected onto the child or to the other adults yeah. in the room or, you know, whoever, whatever. But, you know, I like the way the show did it, you know, for people who, and anyway, also there's no better character to have um, this this kind of child child issue come up with than Charlotte who had Rose's whole life planned out for her like from from you know conception Mm -hmm. and so like literally I'm sure and so you know to have have this this going on I think is just a really cool thing and Mm -hmm. you know hopefully for a lot of people maybe watching it that maybe they will know someone who is unsure of of how they fit or where they fit along along the the sexual continuum mm-hmm. that they'll be able to have this as a reference you know as sad yeah. as that is that we're going to learn from tv right. but right. unfortunately we know that happens mm-hmm. um that they can move through it in a, a loving and caring and comforting way rather yeah. than a scared or hurtful yeah um, blaming yeah. way right. so yeah. yeah and it's certainly kind of a like a fast-forwarded version of her coming to a place, Charlotte coming to a place where she is supportive and understanding and, and all of that. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, if, if the way that, unfortunately, that some folks are just going to be exposed to this is in this context, I think that the show did a pretty yeah. stellar job of handling the parents' perspective. Obviously, we really didn't get to see a lot of what Rock was dealing with behind the scenes, but... They certainly seem to have a lot of support. I I yeah. was I was really excited to see how supportive the school yeah. was of of them because that that's just not like you were saying, it's really not an environment that so many people are fortunate enough to have, but um, to see a portrayal where it can exist yeah. is really important. It it was really good and then, you know, to have Uncle Anthony, I mean, but just, you know, so there's a lot of good support there. That was just really very organic the way that that happened, but definitely one of the funnier moments for me of the season, the whole season was Charlotte, you know, standing (laughs) up there (laughs) doing the tour. That was just so funny. I just loved that so much. But the other thing that's interesting about rock is it, it, it really, it was, for me, I used to specialize in adolescence. Um, actually, that's how I started out, was working with children, adolescents, and families. So Rock is not not only just going through this exploration period in their life, but also um, oppositional. Well, that. Yeah. Well, that. <laughs> so, yeah, which has nothing to do. A bit resistant. With, yeah, just a little, just a little bit resistant. Parents, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I thought that was really interesting because for me, that was the big issue. Like, wow, was oh, that a trigger yeah. for me? Are you kidding me? You're not going to get up there after we've been playing this. You've been practicing. We have spent oh, all this yeah. money. That's with the candy bar. I, that's what I Yeah, I, I would like, have like the bill lost it. I'm, I'm very happy that they showed yeah. two functional parents because I would have like had 
like horns and smoke coming out of my head. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. when, you know, it seems like Harry kind of takes Rock's side, so to speak, of being like, it's over, we're just not going to do it. And Charlotte kind of takes a minute to think about it, and then she's like, it's not over, we are doing it. We're. It's just not going to look the way that we thought it was going to look. Um, which is, I mean, what a what that. a metaphor for yeah. their where their family is in that moment. Yeah. But we really thought it was going this way, and it's not. But we're gonna adjust <laughs> and persevere and figure it out together. I, that was just a, that was an amazing message. That was so good. I love yeah. that. In fact, I'm probably gonna go watch that again tonight because it was <laughs> oh, so yeah. good. It was so funny. That was such so, a good so one. So funny. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. What do we want to talk about next? You want to get into Che? Yes. Yeah. Oh so much gosh. good stuff with Che. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to start? Miranda and Che? Miranda Or and just che. plain old Che? Because Che is probably a whole episode. Layers. Che has layers. Um, yeah. Well, I guess we could start with when we're introduced to Che. If I can remember back to when I watched that episode. I mean, they're just this very big personality. Yeah. And, and you can kind of see the the it's like you see the temperature in the room change so charismatic yeah yeah, when they're in the room and um that was with the podcast is that right that's yeah yeah okay um and then i i think later whenever che and miranda meet um they're at some sort of party yeah 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 i remember correctly yeah very very interesting the progression of their relationship um and you know, of course, I wonder at what point would Miranda have reached her breaking point in the marriage prior, you know, if if she, if she and Shay had never met, what what would that have looked like her kind of getting to this place, you know, where she's saying to to Carrie after her hip surgery like what am I supposed to say? This isn't enough. And Carrie says that's exactly what you're supposed to say. But yeah, I, I just wonder what that would have looked like if Shay hadn't really been an instigating force to show Miranda you're not really living authentically and you're not, you're not even living in a way that you like. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's all you have to say about Che. No, I have so much more. (laughs) I have so much more, so much more. Um, I, I know we had touched on this briefly before we started recording something that really stood out to me just in learning more about Che's background, which we learn a little bit through her stand-up comedy, but you never yeah, really know right. how much of that is like you know put on versus the the real truth of her personal history. But one piece of her history that she talked about was that prior to coming out, um, at that time they were living as Cheryl, um, and so Che talks about their older their uh, prior identity as Cheryl. Um, having this really, really severe case of diverticulitis and being in the hospital multiple times and all of that. And and that really struck me as something that we see a lot with our own clients is these um, these somatic expressions yeah. of that thing that they have in inside that is not working, that doesn't, that they're saying can't come out. Um, either literally or metaphorically, it's they're they're burying that thing, and it has to come out somehow. I yeah. mean, we can't as as humans like we can't just keep packing that stuff down. It will come out in one way or another, whether we like to admit that or not. So to to hear Che talk about whenever they came out um, as queer, and I'm not sure if that's the terminology that they use, but. Um, 
the the easing of those physical symptoms whenever they were able to actually live as themselves yeah um to me was was a really interesting well, thing that that is interesting and and I think we do I think she, I think they they do um want to want to be represented as as I think queer is mm-hmm. is you know cover covers that for yeah. like today kind of what the norm is I think I, I remember that but then also that just brings up a whole um for for a lot of us it's hard it's you know we have to really try to remember to use the they them instead yes. of he she and 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 I think you know, we just have that's just something that we have to really be intentional about and it's mm-hmm. it's it's hard for a lot of people I have um clients that I, I work with and and their their child is is requesting to be referred to as as they them and that's just that's really not not hard because they're having a hard time with the concept but just in the remembering oh yeah yeah, yeah. and then that that brings a whole lot of you know I'm not important to you mm-hmm. feelings from their child. Yeah. And yeah. both both sides of that coin are just so completely valid, right? Yeah. Parents are human and have had a certain way literally of speaking yeah. language that they're using for all these years. Um, and it's hard to on a dime switch that. And then also the the child's feelings of this is who I am yeah. and every time you misgender me in this way it feels you don't validate yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels like a real intentional yeah dig um, yeah or un- unseeing of themselves yeah I mean I wonder for for Che like you know that's interesting I wonder if Che had this big charismatic personality before mm-hmm. living their authentic self yeah or is this like my guess would be it's probably like a, a new and improved quote yeah, sense of self mm-hmm. um, that that Che is really you know just diving into and and you know living their best self you know as as fully as possible which mm-hmm. which is you know awesome honestly for anybody to do and and when you think about it in this community that's that's you know oftentimes you know, not in the mainstream community of anything LGBTQ plus or non-binary, any, anything that is not on the traditional sexual and, and all things related to sex continuum, um, for there to be this kind of example of someone who can be so fully in, in themselves and, and whatever way might be healthy mm-hmm. for them, um, is, yeah. is really a, a place of power. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe some people don't care for the character Che, or maybe, you know, mm-hmm. this, that, blah, 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 and that's fine. But but I think it's really it's really a breath of fresh air to portray um, Che as, as being a person who is, is fully, mm-hmm. fully in, in their sense of self in a healthy way. Yeah, absolutely. And then on top of that, for the the actor that portrays Che is non-binary oh, and okay. so to I you know just That's really love clapping for the yeah. Yeah. the casting people yeah. that saw that there are actually actors that can represent those characters you don't yeah. have to go outside of their own gender identity yeah. to cast That's cool. for those characters and that has happened 
for so long, whether it was yeah. an LGBTQ plus character, whether that's a character of a different race. I mean, that's in, in film um, and TV, that's been such a huge point of contention for so long. So that was just really exciting, I think, yeah. as a viewer to to finally get to see that the person portraying this character has the lived experience to, yeah, to, to bring really to the role. know, yeah. you know, what, how, how someone experiencing those, those dynamics in their life, um, would, would navigate that was, was really exciting to me to see. Well, I think, I think Che is, um, a really dynamic, fun character. I, I, my gut tells me this is not going to work out long term. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with anything we've talked about. I think no. it has probably more to do with um, whatever the writers will will create. But mm-hmm. so far for me, what I've seen is, um, you know, there's a, a lot of substances being, you know, partaken of by yes. Miranda and Che. And, and I'm not here to be the, you know, pot police or the, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Or the, you know, you can't go out and have a good time, police. Um, but we do know, um, you know, neuroscience research is really clear on, on the facts that intimacy is much more difficult. I mean, deep intimacy, not like, hey, let's go hang out. That's yeah, not even intimacy. Right. That's just we're hanging out. Or even, hey, let's go sleep together. That's not That's even not even. In, thank you. Intimacy. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but the the depth of intimacy that that is true connection and relationship, and that can be with you and me, that can be with us and our partners, that can be with yeah. girlfriends, boyfriends, everybody in between. It doesn't yeah. matter. Um, all family members, family. whatever. Yeah. But that when when we distract our brain away from that connection, um, you know, we are actually impairing that that you know how 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 deep that intimacy is going to be. And you know, Miranda. She was drinking a lot. She I, was. I mean, plain and simple. And having some some pretty true-to-life uh, reactions to yeah. her friends expressing their concerns about that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and she even goes on, you know, eventually she says, you know, well, if I wanted to quit, I would. And then she does. Um, typically, that, that trope of if I wanted to, I would, when we're talking about addiction, um, in my professional experience isn't always accurate um but when when she does she quits drinking cold turkey and then in the very next episode she says well i've quit i quit drinking don't get too excited though because now i'm masturbating obsessively is the word that she uses and so even with that we're seeing she's still not you know at that point she's still married to steve Mm -hmm. she's still expressing her concerns about their lack of connection and you know, in that, in that way, whether it's drinking to kind of dampen that emotional experience of the lack of connection she's having in her marriage, or whether it's masturbating, having these like really intense fantasies or memories of her sexual encounter with Che, either way that, that is not serving either her, her relationship with her current partner or furthering her relationship with Che. It it really is, you know, in those ways, I think to your point, kind of just putting a damper. I, I think about like the damper pedal on a yeah. piano. Everything's yeah. just dulled a little tiny bit and that makes it so much harder until she's able to to really move past that to to form those connections and to to step out of the marriage that she's really she's really not been in emotionally for a long time. Yeah. That well said. 
yeah, I think that, um, you know, her experience is really common. A lot of people, gosh, especially during COVID, you know, we had women take up drinking wine, like in droves. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's like... And a, that's, almost making like a joke or like a slogan. Yeah, it's not a big it. thing anymore. Yeah. yeah. And and so that's, you know, that's that's just interesting to, to, to note that, that her experience is super common for mm-hmm. all people when, you know, we're moving out of relationships. Uh, I know I'm just moving out of, of, a, of a marriage and, mm-hmm. and it's easy to, you know, find ways to either distract ourselves or just numb out just a little bit. Yeah. Just because, you know, there is a lot for people to, to feel. Well, hopefully if you are going to choose to feel all yeah. the feelings that there's a lot to feel, but so her experience mm-hmm. is, is pretty common. And then there's Che who I forget, is there, is there a quote, a reason why Che smokes so much? I, I feel like, no, was there something that was said and I forgot or no? Not, not to my memory. Okay. I, I don't remember. I think, um, yeah, it's presented in a very casual way, which is, you know, like you said, I'm not here to be the pop police. That's if people can do that responsibly and without hurting anybody else, that's great. Um, but yeah, it was a really interesting portrayal because we see the the um, the three main characters used to be four, now it's three drink. I mean, constantly. Yeah. <laughs> not and and in Miranda's case, it it goes to excess, whereas in the other cases, it's presented as a very social. situation and I yeah I kind of just wonder if it was like the writer's attempt to kind of just move the conversation around uh legal substance use forward but yeah uh, but was a really interesting to me it, it felt a little um a little bit forced I mean I know that there are people that that live that way and that use marijuana regularly and that's fine but it was interesting because it's just not a portrayal that it was almost like a character trait of of that character um, that was very interesting. Yeah, me. it was. I found it interesting also, and yeah, I mean, I do, I do believe. I mean, I'm just, I'm very much libertarian about a lot of things. That <laughs> most things should be legal, so yeah. that we could actually make money off of it, mm-hmm. and so that the criminals don't. That's just sort of my two right. cents on that. And take what you like, leave the rest. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I still, I'm still thinking that like the the relationship. Um, dilemmas that I see happening between Che and Miranda is that Che, you know, actually smoking pot fits nicely with their relationship attachment style, which is very much avoidant, Mm -hmm. very avoidant of, yes, I love you, but I'm still going to, you can only be right here. And yes, you can still come to California with me, but emotionally, Mm -hmm. you know, you're really only going to be this close to me. And, and Miranda to me seems like she's, she's like so head over heels. She wants to be more enmeshed with, with Che and that's going to not end well, unless somebody kind of you know, goes to the other side. Somebody's, mm-hmm. you know, Che either has to become, she, they need to either want to completely live in, in an enmeshed relationship right. with Miranda or Miranda needs to be like, okay, I'm just going to live my life, but also yeah. see you like whatever. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen there, but I think it's going to kind of, they're, they're yeah. going to wear each other out. Yeah. It's um, one thing that really stood out to me that didn't really get um, expanded upon which again they just they only have so many episodes and so many minutes in every episode yeah. but um, when Miranda communicates to Che that she's leaving Steve um, Che's response is I can't give you anything traditional 
Um, but then what we see is like a pretty traditional kind of, well, not, I don't know that traditional is the right word, but the, we don't see anything that's like particularly out of the ordinary of their relationship, um, in terms of the relationship composition that could be totally different in the next season if they make one fingers crossed. But yeah, I'm interested to see how the idea of a non-traditional relationship composition looks in in Che and Miranda's world together and whether that's something that Miranda it, it you know it, in reality can handle yeah. versus in her kind of infatuated mind of yeah well, I just love you and whatever you want I'm fine with right. and I'll do that and I'll try it and um you know I, that that's just going to be really interesting but, to me to see how they navigate that. it will be interesting I mean and by the way, writers and HBO, if y'all could make this show like a full 60 minutes and, oh my and not gosh, less, I know. that would be really nice because it's just not long enough. And yeah. there's there's like other shows out there that like are like longer and you, you guys need to be longer <laughs> just, to, <laughs> just to let you know. That would be really awesome. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that, um, you know, we don't really know what Che is doing because we just don't that the the show hasn't really shown that so I think obviously yeah. there's some kind of open relationship going on and right. it would you know the way that Che comes about being in an open relationship is from a place of empowerment and I mm-hmm. think that is healthy yeah and because I, I mean just to be clear I actually do specialize in um oh gosh all things sex. I mean, that's really the only way I know how to say it. Sex therapy, um, every, everything. The podcast, yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so to come, come at your, you know, your sexual, um, your health from a, a place of empowerment, I think mm-hmm. is, is lovely. And, yeah. and to see that in Che is great. Whether they are hurting themselves or other people, that's a deeper conversation. I don't think the show can get into, cause yeah. I would look at that and go, well, maybe, yeah, because, um, that avoidant type of behavior prevents love from accessing and getting in. And then also yeah. we don't give as much love. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, yeah. Miranda, I mean, this is sort of the big red flag for me. She is so professionally career driven because she is such a strong woman and and she is a powerhouse and a big dog in what she does as an attorney in Manhattan. And for her to put her 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 work on hold well, her school on hold the internship yeah this huge for thing. this relationship is like that's a that's totally like different person yeah and that's not from a place of empowerment in my opinion that's from a place of like i'm so codependent i've got to do what i need to do to keep this person mm-hmm. in my life oh yeah so it'll be interesting to see how it, that happens it does seem like they're kind of sprinkling breadcrumbs mm-hmm. of dysfunction already like you yeah know, I, I'm thinking of um, the the moment and the manner in which Che decides to reveal that they've been offered this this pilot show in L.A. Not having a conversation with Miranda to let her know what's going on. Not, I mean, it's it's just completely yeah. sprung on Miranda, and then it's oh hey, and will you move with me? Yeah, and to me. That that shows a real disconnect between who Miranda is and who we know her to be as a character and Che's understanding of Miranda as well as Miranda's 
like you're saying, her her attachment and her willingness to just dive dive into it and, and to throw all this stuff away. I mean, she has a kid. She's yeah. not going to be around anymore. She's not seeing – she's not going to Paris with Carrie. Yeah. Which she says a million times, I'll go. But it, it's not possible. It is not possible for her to do it. And it, it's this real – it's such a fine line at this point because it seems like we don't have enough context to know, like, is this Miranda really coming into herself or is this right. Miranda really losing herself right. to this relationship? And then, you know, there's probably going to be, when all is said and done, somewhere in the middle, um, hopefully, for yeah. for her, her yeah. character's sake. But, I mean, I think how I took that was I, I don't think Che cares mm. what Miranda needs. Yeah. I think Che cares... What chair want? What I mean, Che cares about what Che wants. Yeah, and um, so I think that Che's going to throw out there whatever they want to offer, and it's up to Miranda to make, you know, mm-hmm. her choices. And you know, I think again, to me, that that's really avoidant, mm-hmm. and so that's that's not. There's not a real depth of intimacy there, yeah. and which to me means lack of safety. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see where, where Miranda ends up and how she moves will through be this. Very interesting. And we haven't even talked about Carrie's kiss in the elevator oh, with, right. her, Thank with goodness. her boss. Was that her boss? I, I, the, her, her producer. Yeah, her yeah, exactly. Producer. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. And that, uh, but how funny was that when she went out with that other guy? And I think they oh ended my gosh, up being friends. Yeah, threw up. On yeah. Each other. That was so good. Um, oh my gosh! But I mean, just I I just love the the humor of oh, the yeah. show is so yeah. good and yeah, her producer's good looking and yeah. that's gonna be great to I, see what happens there. It didn't even occur to me until they were stepping foot in the elevator. You're that kidding! Like, I think when he offered her, he offered to produce her podcast. I thought. Huh, there might be something happening here. How and about then, the first scene that he was in? The way that he remember. looked at her. We go back and watch it. The very first scene oh my gosh. that he was in. I was like, what's Something's up? Like, is that appropriate that he looked at her yeah. like that? That's what I was thinking. I was like, what just happened there? I will and, say, yeah. um, in terms of just like funny, like very true to the show moments, my favorite moment of the whole show, I think, was when... Carrie was sitting in uh, the doctor's office in her medical gown wearing her mule <laughs> heels. She's wearing these like gorgeous royal blue satin heels in this like full medical gown. And I just thought that's peak Carrie. Carrie has never oh, carried so cute. harder than she did in that moment. I love that. Yeah. And they didn't even address it. It was just so true to the character. That they just, it yeah. was just assumed, of course she would be wearing her What dress. a great character, all, all great characters, amazing actors, mm-hmm. and just, again, the writers are just really, I, I just really enjoy everything that they're doing with this show, and we've been gabbing a long time, oh my and gosh. I know, for like 43, <laughs> almost, <laughs> this is a very long podcast, you can tell we have, we haven't even gotten to all of so our topics, thoughts. but I know. I know. we might have to do a part two or something. We'll do a part two, hopefully, um, hopefully there'll be a, a season two, I'm going to check as soon as we finish oh this, there's got to be a season two, there's no way that those strong people would have signed up for anything no, less than no, a no. few seasons, and HBO's got them, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So anyway, thanks Emily, thanks everybody oh, yeah. for listening, and um, um, thanks to Sex in the City and and just like that for giving us some entertainment, especially for me being a 51 year old 
um, going to be divorced woman. I just, you know, wow, I love to see female empowerment. I mean, oh, we, I didn't yeah. even talk about the other new characters. And, oh my gosh. That's yeah. Great. I mean, just like so many great things that I just, you know, love for, for, to see women living, living their lives in a very empowered way. It's just, it's really, it's really lovely. So I just Absolutely. love it in case you can't tell. <laughs> and anyway, again, thanks everybody for being here. Emily, you want to say anything before we oh, skedaddle? Um, I'm just really grateful that you had me. And um, if anyone wants, you can follow me on Instagram at sessions with Emily. Um, and I would love to connect with you there. It's been so fun to talk to you. Oh my gosh, thank you. This has been really fun. And then, and then my new Instagram is sessions same thing. With, it's at sessions yeah, with Dr. Dr. Sophia. Sophia. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, follow us, um, email us, and if you have any other topics you'd like for us to talk about, please email me at Sophia at BullCityPsychotherapy.com. Okay, everybody, y'all have a lovely rest of your day, and take care until next time. Thanks again for listening to Sex in the Bull City. Bye.